Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mama Said So podcast. I am Jenny, and I am here with Miriam and Charm. We are your three co-hosts of the podcast, and we are thanking you guys for joining us today. It has been a while, um, but we are happy to be together, although not necessarily um, with the most uh with a happy topic per se but we are still glad to be able to speak uh through this um and hopefully uh you guys uh will be too and will join us in um this conversation all right guys so we know what the temperature in the room is how people say you got to read the room and everyone's room across this country and really across this world as we've seen on screens everywhere basically remind us of what this racial climate is in america um putting the mirror in our faces as far as what you know things going back to um the slave trade slavery actually here in this country and the remnants of that. And I think at this time, it's really, um, it's more pertinent and more evident to not only us as black people, but even our white counterparts and other cultures, um, because we have time to pay attention to it because we are in this pandemic. So people actually have the time to kind of sit down, kind of take it in and not have the other distractions that everyday regular world pre-COVID would give us. With that being said, um, this was really sparked, um, the huge movements, the the protests and everything were really sparked by the George Floyd case. And I just want to start off the podcast with just asking you ladies, and of course I can go first if you like, um, what were your first thoughts when you heard and or saw uh, details about the George Floyd case? Um, well, first of all, I couldn't watch the whole video or I couldn't watch the video, period. Um, I think I had just watched the Ahmaud Arbery video a couple weeks mm-hmm. earlier. And as disheartening as that was, you know, I feel like when the George Floyd incident happened, I was just full. Like I couldn't take anything else at that moment and, you know, and, and continue to function because you know, you still have to go to work. You still have to smile on Zoom meetings. You still have to function as a wife and a mother and like continue to operate despite the fact that every other day there's like something else, a new blow, a new, you know, threat, if you will. And I just, I really couldn't watch it. Um, and I, I understand what happened, obviously. I've read articles about it. Um, I've read even a transcript for someone who did watch it and kind of said everything that he said with his last words. Um, so at the moment, when I first heard about it, I was too overwhelmed to consume that content. Um, and even to this day, I haven't gone back and watched it because I'm just trying to continue to function and, and be productive and not like lose it completely. And that's just being honest with myself and like everything that's happening around me. So um, I hadn't heard, but actually like you, Sharm, I, I, um, you know, had recently watched everything about Ahmaud Arbery and um, where I was with that um, was just like the audacity of people, you know, the audacity for you to think that you have um, 
authority over someone else's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what it boiled down to for me. Like, what makes you think that you can choose and decide if someone lives? Right. Um, and um, so my headspace was, was kind of there, like, wow, you know, just kind of, I don't know, I guess can't believe it, but just like, it was just a mind-blowing thing, like when you just think of it just to that point um, mm-hmm. and not necessarily think about everything else uh, surrounding that case. Um, but then um, when everything happened with George, George Floyd, I, ha- I actually hadn't heard anything about it. Um, but while I was on social media, I did see the video and I started to watch it, but I did not finish it because, you know, I said to myself, I'm, I elected not to put my mind in that space. Um, and I didn't finish it. So I didn't realize in watching the video that they had actually killed him and it wasn't until later, I think probably later that day, um, that, I, that I started to hear talk about it. Um, and then I realized um, that they killed him. Um, and then it just brought everything that I was feeling in the, in the week prior, mm-hmm. you know, with, with what I mentioned before, the audacity, you know the audacity for you to think um, that you're just able to do something like that um, without any type of difficulty or struggle within yourself to to do it. Your hands are in your pocket and you're, it's just like, whatever. Right. Um, and uh, for you to not see the value in human life mm-hmm. or in, a, in, in black humans, um, it was just, you know, then you just, then you just, I, I just enter into a state of like, it's just sad. It's just sad. For me, it's interesting, a little backstory. So, like, I'm the queen of news. So I'm usually on top of all this stuff, right? But it's funny, like, roles have reversed. Like, Lewis had made it a point, like, to really be more informed when it came to news and, you know, go back and forth between different um, news outlets to see what's going on, how different news outlets report things. Anyway, so it's one of these days we got a new TV in the house or whatever, bigger screen or whatever on the wall, and it's on CNN. Again, not me. I didn't turn it mm-hmm. on. But it was actually Lewis, so it's funny. But no, we're sitting down. I was like, wait, 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 what is this? Or whatever. And I was like, wait, wait, this is not happening. So as he continues to have his knee on this man's neck, I was like, oh my gosh, as if I'm there. Like, oh my gosh, get up, get mm-hmm. up, get up. Mm. And I was like, this is not happening. Now, even at that point, they didn't show, or this was like the preliminary videos or whatever, where they didn't show the um, other views that it was four cops, right, there. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't show the part where he's, you know, calling out for his mom. But just that visual alone, it was like, no, this is not happening. Right. And then the first thing I thought about, you know, beyond what is going on, I thought back to Trayvon Martin, mm. interestingly enough. 
And it's crazy. We don't have video footage. We have audio, but we don't have video footage of Trayvon Martin. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. so us having this video image and this video recording, if you will, of George Floyd is just a sign of the times, but mm -hmm. of the same issue. Right. Right. And so I kind of left it there and I could never imagine that these few weeks later we will be here where we have ongoing riots and ongoing conversations, which I'm actually happy about, but we can save that for another um, time as far as what makes this feel, what makes this time feel different. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just wanted to start off the conversation tonight with that because I couldn't help, but for one of my other thoughts to be, wow, we have, I have black sons. He's calling out for his mother. I pray to God that my children never have to call out my name or call out for me in any situation, whether it leads to death, whether it leads to, you know, them being hurt, whether it leads to them, you know, getting in trouble with the law, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And I just can't, cannot imagine like getting that phone call. Like I know with him, it's a little different. His mother had actually passed, but it's like, mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. But for me to get a phone call and something has happened to my child in that way, in the hands of that type of person, that authority figure, it's just like, I, 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 I cannot. And then, so the next thought is, well, how are you going to prevent that? Right. Right. So then now you're hearing conversations like, okay, not even hearing it for the first time, but now you're hearing conversations again about, okay, what does the black parent have to teach their black child about mm -hmm. how to move in this world? So before I think, uh, before I talk about any of those thoughts that I had regarding that, have you guys even had that conversation in your mind yet? Like, oh, I'm going to have to teach my son, my black son or my black daughter um, I'm going to have to be intentional about these particular things. Have you guys even thought about that yet? I know because our kids are young, but had you even thought about that prior to, you know what I'm saying? Prior to this situation. I don't think that it was so top of mind about safety conversations. It was definitely top of mind for like confidence in your race and your heritage and like how do you introduce things along the way to make sure that he my sons know who they are but mm -hmm. the safety aspect of it just came full frontal with this mm -hmm. like to the point where again I didn't watch it but that week I couldn't sleep I was mm -hmm. like my nerves were bad I wasn't eating properly and then one night I just had like a total breakdown like three o'clock mm -hmm. in the morning hysterically crying Everybody in the house is asleep. I'm in the bathroom sobbing because mm. I'm just like, I can't protect them. I mm. can't protect them. It's nothing I can do to protect them. Their skin is considered a weapon. And before they even open their mouth, it doesn't matter what environment they're in. It doesn't matter how much I pay for private school. It doesn't matter if they're at the wrong place, wrong time, wrong color. Anything could happen and I can't protect them. And that yeah. was just so devastating to like, really understand it like you hear it all the time but like with the two boys that came from my womb that are that I'm raising that I'm putting deposits in it's just like someone could look at them someone of authority can look at them and just in their life in a blink of an eye because 
they don't value their life. They automatically are guilty before they even open their mouth. Right. And so I, that's where I went with it. And like, I'm still trying to make sense of all of this, like from COVID and, and everything, like hitting the black community, disproportionately high, like it has now just come to a safety issue. Like how do I keep them safe? Whereas before it was more just pride, you know, like building them up, not making them feel like they're less than or second class citizens. But now it's just like, I don't know. I don't have an answer. And I, you know, I held them closer. I pray harder. It's just, but at the end of the day, Who's to say that any of these men's mothers were not already doing that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. What do you know. think, Jenny? Um, so, no, I hadn't. My son is two years old and I had not um, necessarily ever thought about having um, certain conversations with him. Um you know, and in in the more recent past, I guess you know, um, my husband Battle always talks about I have a duty to my black son. You know, this and the third, and and um, I would kind of leave it at that. I am um, I, I'm not sure what adjective to give myself in this scenario, but. Um, and even before 2020, um, I would hear people say certain things in reference to this. There was some, someone that I know, um, big black man, very kind person, um, has a son. And his son was, uh, this was years ago, his son was um, throwing a fit or something in a store. And the father was really trying to have him like shape up like you don't act like this here but the reason was because he like he had to tell his son his son was probably like five at the time or something somewhere around uh, about um that age and he was saying that the reason why you don't do that is because people will be afraid of you because of you the color of your skin and if you grow up to be anything like me in size and stature that will add to it. And, um, you know, I remember hearing that story and just thinking like, wow, to have to be in that mind frame. It's just like, for me, it's, it's baffling and I, and I can't necessarily put my mind there. And now more recently, as these are coming up more and more and that weak charm, uh, you know, we text all the time and Sharm, you, you said a little bit, you gave us a little bit of a snippet of, of what you were feeling and what you just explained. And, um, you, know, when, when, you know, when I heard that, I, like I felt really sad, but I didn't instinctively think of that myself necessarily. Mm-hmm. I didn't think after, watch, you know, after watching the video, um, and after riots and everything, like my mind doesn't doesn't automatically go to, I need to teach him how to act so that he doesn't end up in this situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't. And and actually actually last weekend, um, I, it was 
kind of a, a bad Saturday for me because I was, um, you know, there's just a lot, right? Just a lot going on in and of itself. And then a lot that you're hearing consuming a lot of conversations here and there about around or revolving around this. And I really felt really bad and almost started to feel like anxious about the matter because I don't think that way. You know what I mean? Because um, when you said that way, what do you mean? I, I don't, I don't think in a way that, um, Sharm, you said last weekend that you were thinking of going to the beach, but you don't know if you should because of the things that are going on in the racial climate. I would have never, ever, ever thought that. I would be like, um, either I'm going to the beach or I'm not going to the beach. And if I'm not mm-hmm. going to the beach, it's because of COVID. You know what I mean? Right. Like It would have never crossed my mind. And, and I spoke to, um, I went, having, having a conversation with Bado about this, um, you know, I said, when you leave here, I never think that you are, if you don't come back, I never think that it would be because you were at the mercy of someone else mm-hmm. who, who, ha- who thought they had the authority over your life. I mm-hmm. like that. It just doesn't cross my mind. Mm-hmm. And when people say that could be my son, my daughter, or, you know, yeah, my daughter, um, it, in the moment, it, I, I hear it and it makes me sad even more so now than it did in the past. But again, that will never be my first thought. There are other things that I'm more afraid of. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily more afraid of, but that that hit me first, or that I'm more like, you know, um, than than this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, last weekend I was just kind of like, so well, what type of a person am I? You know what I mean? Have you ever experienced racism directly? And so my mind went went through a whole ra- like rabbit hole, you know, and I, I tried to think about all of my experiences kind of growing up. Um, and there were, no, I, I, I can't think of a time where I felt like I was overtly being treated a certain way because of my race. I and I, I think, recall, and that, that's probably why I recall certain certain things. Like in high school, I recall walking into stores, and my black friend, as we were walking together, who was obviously more woke than me, would be like, um, "They're just saying hi to us because we're black." And I'm like, "What? I'd be offended if they didn't say hi to me." Like, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, or again, when we were in high school, and of course, all of us, all of us, um, uh, well, we are, we were all girls, so all of us black girls at the table, and we, you know, hooting and hollering or whatever, and then someone would come to the table, ladies, you're a little too loud, and they'd be like, it's because we are black. But me, I would look around like, well, we are the loudest ones here, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not trying to tell y'all to, to quiet up because I'm having fun too, but right. you know what I mean? Like in my mind, it, I like that is just, you know. Um, so yeah, I was in situations like that, but it, but again, just as in back then, it, that was never my first, my first, my first thought was never, it's because we're black. So 
That's interesting. And try to follow this line of thought, right? So with these conversations that I've been privy to, whether it's on somebody's Instagram live or somebody's Facebook or somebody's podcast, what I am realizing, you know, we talked about, you know, white privilege was the buzzword of 2019, right? And continuing to 2020. Now, what I realized, and I think I, from my last, um, the last podcast I listened to was uh, Kev on Stage featuring Amber Riley, you know, the girl that played Mercedes and um, Glee. And she was like, mm-hmm. we all had to check our privilege. And I feel just what you were just saying now, you just described the privilege that you have. Mm-hmm. Just like white privilege blinds white people, a lot of white people from racism and that this actually exists. You have, don't know what word to put on it, but you even have, and maybe even me, even have a privilege that's like, almost kind of allows you to kind of distance yourself from that. You know that it happens. Obviously, you're not like living under a rock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it allowed you this comfortable distance where it wasn't front and center in your mind. It allowed you this comfortable distance where yeah. you're not having any anxiety over it or you're not having any unction to even have a conversation about it or any unction to put things into place to maybe in the future have that conversation with your son or any unction to, I don't know, cover your husband more, you know, or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. And I think that calls to the privilege that we have. Obviously, it's not something that you created yourself. You just happen to have that privilege. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, whether when you went to your boarding school, you didn't have anything, like you said, overly. And the opportunity was there, but for some reason, it just didn't happen to you. Right, because the majority of school is white, is privileged. It was rich oh, yeah. girls. Right, and it's not, and and they would, you know, say certain things that would fit certain stereotypes, and we would just, we would just talk about them like y'all, <laughs> so ignorant. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and then it would just be, I guess you know we would put them in a certain sort of box, um, mm-hmm. and you know whatever, and then and kind of move on. Um, but in uh, and, and thinking about all of this last weekend, and like I said, I thought about a lot, I also thought about, um, the fact that I am lighter yeah. and mm. I don't think that I'm all necessarily all that light. However, <laughs> I <was> always, <laughs> I was just about to say that, so. <laughs> but I was always within the black community always always reminded of of how how much lighter I am than other people and I was always I guess offended by that because I'm like what does it matter I'm sitting right here with you you know what I mean I am just as you know what I mean like I I would have never I, I would have never separated myself from other people on behalf of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I felt that we were all in the same boat until someone would be like, Oh, you're conceited because you're 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 um you're more fair skinned or you're high yellow or you know, this and the third. And I'd be like, Whoa now. First of all, I have nothing to be conceited about, you know what I mean? Like I don't you know, like I wasn't in school with the best this, that and the third ever. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have much. So I and and a lot of people around me, you know, didn't either. So again, I felt that we were all in the same boat until somebody would throw that in my mm-hmm. face. And then I also, I, you know, I had a conversation 
with a friend years ago and they were like, trust me, you were definitely treated differently or, or better because of, because, you know, your skin is lighter. And I would wow. be like, I, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily true. And they were like, it's because you don't know because you were treated better. Like, right. and, and I like, I, again, couldn't really wrap my mind around it because, uh, because again, I'm like, we, we sitting at the same table, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's how I interpreted my life with the people who were around me, unless I clearly knew that we weren't based on more so in my eyes, it was based on um, like the haves and the have not, have not. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, or whatever it is. That's, um, a, that's a unique, but it never had, <laughs> yeah, but it, it had never really boiled down to the fact that, um, it was because, you know, uh, my skin was lighter than, than, than yours. So, yeah, I feel like colorism is a very real thing within the black community. Sure. Um, but I also feel like outward perception of us is different outside of the black community. So it's almost like, okay, we have our preconceived notions. Like if you're light skin and long hair, you're conceited and you know, you have it better. But externally as well, I also feel like a lot of other cultures are less, quote unquote, threatened by you, the lighter you are as well. So like a big black dark skinned man versus a big light skinned man like my husband is like two different threat levels. And it's almost like I think the darker you are, sometimes you have worse experiences. And I can't say that someone that's light doesn't have experiences because I just think that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that for me, having grown up in a diverse community, but still not being the majority at any stage in my educational career, like I have experienced overt racism mm-hmm. and in, all the way to, oh, you're pretty for a dark skinned girl or you're pretty for a brown girl. Like, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? But even in all of that, it, I feel like one time in my life, I felt like it was a safety concern. And it was the first time that as a family, I was 10 years old and we had a family trip to Connecticut and we went to a restaurant on the way, wherever we were coming from, we stopped in a restaurant. It wasn't, you know, it was it was somewhat rural, like farm area, whatever, but we decided to stop there anyway. And we were the only black people in the restaurant and everyone in the restaurant made it fully aware like we were the only people in the restaurant and like we shouldn't be there and so they were pointing and laughing and like that was the only time I can remember growing up that I felt like are we going to be okay like are we going to be able to leave this restaurant and get home safe and I was 10 and so things like that do stick out and you do remember but for the most part the fear that has set in now is on a whole different level because like I said, even last weekend, I'm like, mute, mute, Miriam, mute. I don't think we can mute her. Hold on, let me see. Oh, I can mute her, hold on. Um, I don't even think that, you know, normally I would be concerned about safety from going to a beach or anything like that, but like retaliation is real. And like the more that we get into this, climate it's like we could have nothing to do with riots but because we're black we're automatically going to be associated with the fact that oh you people are rioting and causing chaos so i like i just didn't want to expose my family to the possibility of being retaliated against because white racist people 
are extremely upset right now. Like they are infuriated and the rage, it causes people to do things that they might not otherwise have felt okay doing. So that was my thought on like the safety piece of it, but I haven't felt that in a while, you know, but it's definitely like at the top of my throat right now, like mm-hmm. fully aware of, of everything. So I don't know. Mm. You know, my mind can totally connect those pieces. And if I were to hear of something like that, or when I hear of something like that, I'm like, yeah, because racists are totally infuriated right now. And like, it would not even, you know, it would make sense to me. Right. But still, on the, on the on the front end, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I you know, you don't have that personal just, fear. Yeah, I guess. I um, think it's a blessing, though, honestly, to not have to live in fear. Because whenever my husband goes out, I'm I'm almost. Initially, I would say when we first got married, I was almost always afraid. Like, is he okay? Why haven't I heard from him? And I don't know that I connected it to race, but it's just, it's sometimes so deep seated that you don't even know the source of it. Right. And then I would just be like angry when he came home safe. Like, why didn't <laughs> he call me? Like, where you been? Like, it was just, but I, that fear is just, it's constant. Um, it's constant. And I was having a conversation with somebody on Facebook the other day and they were like, all the bad experiences that they had, uh, um, a Caucasian male who disclosed that he was also gay and how he had been harassed on various things or whatever over time. Um, and I was like, you know, I, I think those experiences are horrible and horrific and, you know, bad people come in all shades. But at the end of the day, like, you still don't, you, you will never understand like my circumstance. I can be as educated as I want. I can move to the hills. Like I could do all these different things. But at the end of the day, like I can't protect my husband, my brother, my sons, like from being feared just by the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just by the color of their skin. So that's an existence that I don't wish on anybody. So if you have uh, escaped it, (laughs) I'm happy for you. Well, I mean, part of my um, anxiety around that and and feeling that I have, quote unquote, escaped or have you, is the fact that I don't, um, that that might not necessarily be profitable, you know what I mean? Or it might not necessarily be smart Mm. because, for instance, I was, watching um but I don't have randomly turned on what's that guy's name um is it Jeff Epstein um I think Jeff the Epstein. Netflix special yeah yeah I think it's uh Jeff um I guess that's his name yeah yeah it's Jeff so anyway so I was what we were watching that I mean he fell asleep after like I don't know 10 minutes no <laughs> surprise there but I was watching that and I was just like, oh my God, like, couldn't, you know, just baffled, like, why? And usually at a certain time, probably at, 
probably around this time, actually. <laughs> um, I I would get up and um, get Ruby up so that she can go to the bathroom, right? Because mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to night train. I don't know if I'm, I'm doing all the work or whatever. But anyway, <laughs> and when I when I got her up, I I like prayed over her that she would never, you know, fall One victim girl. to a man like this. Uh-huh. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, and it can happen in so many ways. And from and in my mind, that is so that that like that fear is closer to me mm-hmm. than at, at and at that moment. You know what I mean? It was so much more so much closer to me. And then, um, as I'm walking her back to the room, and then I look over on Braxton, I'm like, oh man, nope, can't forget you either. <laughs> but it, but but the thing was that it was an afterthought. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and sure, like I was watching the the Netflix spe- special, which had it in the forefront of my mind. Mm-hmm. But like I said before, there are certain things that I am more fearful fearful of than than that. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, and I think that sometimes and these and and in regards to race, you know what I mean? Like this. Or in regards to me, I guess this is not the only area of my life where this is exhibited. You know what I mean? Like people, um, when they get on an airplane, they're like, "Oh my gosh, clenching pearls, saying seven prayers, this mm-hmm. and the third. Not, and here I am flipping through the magazine pages, like I expect you to take off and I expect you to land, like just like I expect my car to start and I expect myself to get to work. You know what I mean? Like that. I, that's just how I am I don't know that's just my mind frame but I feel like in those moments I also miss opportunities to be to be prayerful or to be alert or to be you know whatever smart about the situation Mm -hmm. so so I mean I guess you know that's where where it all just kind of makes me feel like you know that I am lacking and that it is not necessarily a blessing. Mm -hmm. So two things I wanted to say. One, again, when we were going back talking about like the conversation that we will have in the future, maybe nearer than we thought originally uh, with our sons about navigating this world. I thought about how I've been intentional from even earlier. I know AJ is only three and a half, but even early on, I had been intentional of AJ being like really direct when mm-hmm. he feels something is not right mm-hmm. or something is happening. Like, so basically, what what I've created maybe a little monster, <laughs> as Louis uh, <laughs> put it. But like, if his cousins try to do something to him, take something from him, whatever, he'd be like, no, don't do that. Or mm-hmm. no, I don't like that, or whatever the case may be. So now mm-hmm. I'm trying to project that to the future as a young black man standing up for himself. How is that going to be perceived by the authority figure? Right. You know what I mean? And so, you know, just taking that into account, obviously, not all is not lost as far as, you know, how to curb that conversation or to kind of change it up or add whatever precautions. But again, mm-hmm. all the precautions in the world may not protect them. That's one. Two, I I mean, I have had a moment of like a breakdown um, manifesting into tears like yours, Charm, but I do remember vividly or just a strong feeling. I remember one night I really was kind of tossing and turning. Mm-hmm. And when I got up that morning, 
my spirit had really like drawn a conclusion like I don't think this is going to be resolved in my lifetime. Mm. And it was so strong. It was so strong. And I was like, where did that come from? How, when was I ever, or how, when have I ever been um, pessimistic? Mm -hmm. You know? Because I'm like, how many of these have to happen? Because we already have right. the other countless examples. Countless. Countless. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God, maybe it's just not meant to be. I don't know. Then the other questions start, right? You being a Christian, so you're having these internal conversations, too. Like, God, like, why would you even put this burden on us? Mm. Like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Yes, I'm happy and I'm proud to be black, but I just don't understand what is this extra burden about? What is the purpose of it? Right. And, you know, we all, right. And we all have those moments in life, I guess, like, yo, let me add this to a list of stuff that I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven because I just <laughs> do not get it yeah. or whatever. But, um, and it's international, it's not just here, it literally right. is internationally, no matter where you go. People have preconceived notions about brown skin. And mm -hmm. like the darker you are, the more hate you receive. And that's I, interesting. That's interesting. Because you think it's like something born out of American slavery. But, but it's it's made, I wouldn't say that it's completely disconnected because the diaspora goes all over. You know what I mean? And slavery was in existence in many places. So it doesn't mean that it's completely disconnected, but I think it, it was here the longest. It was the deep, most deep seated here where it wasn't just like the slavery, but the mental and the the amount of physical abuse. Like it was a whole nother level here. Like, yeah, and it had a time to become a whole nother level, hundreds right. of years. So right. yeah, yeah. So then, like, what do you guys think this moment will propel you to do or is trying to propel you to do? Because I, I feel like it's the same thing with COVID. Like, you're learning lessons in COVID or you're realizing some things in COVID. Again, we had the luxury of doing that because many of us at home, I mean, I just returned to work uh, two weeks ago. But um, I think this is another one of those moments, like, what are we going to walk away from from this? Because then... Are we going to walk, and I'll speak for myself, am I going to walk away or am I going to move forward just like I did after Mike Brown or Philando or Trayvon? Because mm -hmm. how did I walk away? You know, I was sad about the situation, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Hurt for those few days, few weeks. I still remember their names. Even 20 years later, I'll probably still remember their names. But I don't mm -hmm. think anything else has changed. Like nothing's affecting my, you know what I'm saying? Like nothing's mm -hmm. affecting my every day or how I carry myself. Is this one of those moments that is really different? Like, actually, I am going to do something different. My mindset, my, I don't know, how I carry myself, how I look at my husband, my son, how I treat others. I, I don't know. I don't know. I almost feel like I have to, though, right? Like, yeah. I can't let this moment pass me by. And it's not about me fearing like, oh, I'm not going to be in the majority and doing something. But I think it's there's a responsibility, too. Yeah. I definitely have not had the brain space the whole time during quarantine to like think through business plans or new hobbies or different things like that. Mm -hmm. But with this, 
I absolutely feel like this was the tip of the iceberg and I have to do something. Like I have to, I have to do something in some way to help people of color, like black mm-hmm. people. And I don't know, I haven't, I don't have it all ironed out. I right. have some ideas, right? Um, but I feel like as opposed to all the other times I had ideas that I have to hold myself accountable and commit to the fact that like, there's a reason why I'm here. There's the people that I could be helping along the way. You know what I mean? Like I'm not at the highest of high positions, but like I certainly have made a concerted effort to be vocal on my job or be, you know, vocal with my mentees or different things like that. And so I personally, and I even asked my family this, like I said, well, what are we going to do? And th- these are conversations that we've never had before. Like, so I'm pushing it like, okay, this has been going on since before any of us were even born from the oldest, you know, person in my family, even, you know, Emmett Till, like just, it's mm-hmm. been going on. It's nothing new, but mm-hmm. I do feel like it's hit a tipping point where I feel like, you know what? enough is enough. And even though I'm not a lawyer and I can't go and fight cases and things like that, like I can do something and I will do something. Um, So I do feel compelled more to action this time Mm -hmm. uh, for all the reasons we already discussed. I'm a mom now, I have black children, like it's just too much concentrated all at one time. And so I feel you when you were saying like, maybe this isn't gonna be solved in my lifetime. I've felt that before. Um, but just like in South Africa, you know, when they ended apartheid, it was like when things hit a critical mass, the momentum of it is what made apartheid end. And I mm-hmm. feel like we're there here and I want to be a part of that change in the ways that I can be. So more to come because I, I do feel like I need to be doing something. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I am learning too, when I'm listening to these conversations is like, no one can tell you how to get involved. You know what I mean? Like everybody is somewhere different as far as the means that they may have, right? The families that they're a part of, the responsibilities that they have to their work or to their families or whatever the case may be. But all of us can do something, even if it's just in the, in the, um, just in the type of conversations that you have. Right or checking people that you can, or educating yourself even more, or to yeah, be able sure. to educate someone mm-hmm. else. Sure. You know what I mean? Like my brother, for instance, he is like, I don't really have the space to do more than I'm doing right now. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm putting everything I have into my girls. I want to raise them as strong black women. And like, who can fault him for that? Like, I'm not right. going to say wrong right. because you're not taking on more. Like, right. that's where your priority lies, building future leaders. And, and that is fine. But just the consciousness of it, the awareness of it is like, we have to be, we have to be checked in. We have to be more aligned with like, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I feel your brother. Uh, I, I, maybe this was around uh, the, last presidential election, I think, but a group of my friends and I, we were just talking um, about what should we do, you know, just as a Black people. Um, 
And uh, she posted this picture of, I, I think it was like a, a mom and a daughter and um, like at a rally or a protest or something. I think this is around the last presidential election. And, um, and I, at the time I was like, I, I don't think that that could be me necessarily. And it was, you know, of course, and I, I, I get the daggers. <laughs> and um but I felt like how your brother feels like I'm I am already hard on myself for things that I feel like I should be doing better at in regards to how I'm trying to um raise my kids and how I'm trying to hold our family together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and those things can feel overwhelming already. Mm-hmm. And I have, again, learning about myself, I have this ability ability to just be like, no, I'm not going to put that on my plate. <laughs> Good, bad, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I typically just be like, no, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um... You know, I have chosen that in the past before. Um, but moving forward, it's hard. It's hard to, there has to be, um, I guess, a, a reshaping of the mind, the the more awareness. Um, it's, it's just interesting. It, it's an interesting time for myself. Mm-hmm. But um, because even now in thinking about all that I've thought about, I, I, um, think about the things that I've already known, already have learned the history that I've already known that I've, but I haven't thought of really in mm-hmm. the past. Like I already knew a, a whole bunch of stuff, you know what I mean? But again, just hadn't thought about. And um, and there's, there's just a, a, a whole bunch of time for reflection, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then determining, all right, what now? I did register to vote the other day. So that's something. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you weren't registered to vote? <laughs> what? You weren't registered to vote? Sean, we've had this conversation several oh, times. Oh, my God, but not on the podcast. Cause... No, oh. we have not had this conversation on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Wow. Well, that's um, a start. That is a big start. For reals. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, um, so, yeah, there's definitely that, like, the uh, consciousness. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And again, I think it's afforded us, we've been afforded that time to make changes or pivot because of this whole pandemic and COVID, right? All this stuff is in our face and we cannot be woefully ignorant. It's it's the same as, you know, what the call is right now on our white counterparts, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this this happened yet again. Yup, it's another Trayvon. Yup, it's another Mike Brown. And now y'all can't say y'all have an excuse and y'all don't know about it or y'all not, you know what I mean? Like, y'all mm-hmm. not taking in or taking heed to all the commentators that y'all see day in and day. Y'all can't say that y'all don't see it or whatever. So now they're being forced to have these conversations at their, you know, their dinner table or whatever the case may be. 
Mm-hmm. But like you said, Sean, what I would use a pro se for myself is I am going to educate myself more. There's a lot that I do not know. Um, even as just, even in terms of just history, mm-hmm. not that I need something else to tell me like how, why we are oppressed or how we've gotten to this place, but just to be a more well-rounded and more informed black woman walking around in this world, because maybe there will be a time where I would feel the need, although this is nothing that I'm hearing, like it's not on us to educate our mm-hmm. white counterparts. That's another conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I were ever to be in that position, I would want to come correct, direct, correct, and quick-witted just to, you know, say things off the cuff. Um, Right. So, yeah, I think I'm just, I'm taking this time and formulating my mind to, like, exactly what it is I'm going to do. Again, if it is just going to be about a change in the way I have conversation. And real quick, going back to the privilege thing. So I have a privilege, too, right? I work in the hood. I have no white counterparts. No, and for, for better, because that's what yeah. I want. Mm-hmm. That's the population that I serve, but um, what you call So I don't have any of that. Like, I don't have white professional counterparts mm-hmm. that I may be um, suffering microaggressions from, you know, right. or, right. you know, somebody with a slip of the tongue or whatever the case may be. I don't encounter that at all. We're like all in the same boat. I'm, it's my job is black and brown people. Right. Or whatever. So that's a privilege that I have to recognize too. Uh, mm-hmm. That I have. Because pri- what privileges do, they allow you unconsciously to be woefully ignorant and be like, Dad, that's either you're like, Dad, that's sad for them over there. Mm-hmm. Or like, Dad, that ain't never going to happen to me anyway because I'm not them. Meanwhile, we are all them. <laughs> right. Or, you know? or, or it makes you. I don't like uh it makes you question certain things. For instance, um Bottle with his um and his graduate work and um and all the research and everything, all the research papers that are all over the house, all around me right now. <laughs> right? A lot of it talks about um uh young black boys in the school system and how they're white female teachers perceive them, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, is that a thing? Because, again, I went to school in the hood. I, mm-hmm. I, um, I, I, this is another conversation that I've had with people where they're like, hmm, how old was I when I had my first black teacher? And I'm like, what you mean? My first black teacher was my first teacher. That like, is a privilege that we've had. We went to a Catholic yeah. school, but we all of our all the students were black and brown, and all of our teachers were black. It's I true. had one white. I had one white teacher in second grade. I had one white teacher in sixth grade. Yes, she's a nun. I had one white teacher in sixth grade, and this that is, so, is it. It's so you know strange. I mean? So it like it like I was like it just. Yes, it is a strange thing, but in my eyes, you know, in reading that and reading that over and over again, I'm like, that's strange. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like really? Is that and so, a, again? You know, not necessarily that. Oh, I feel bad for them over there. That's not. That's you know, not my sentiment. But it is really like, is that really? And then I have to turn the bottle. Like it. it <laughs> Who, when yeah. were your first, you know, and then have to ask all these other people because 
for you know for me that just wasn't the case um, so so it was totally opposite for me and it was like it was what you're saying for my husband so he was in the majority until he went to college and had a rude awakening like oh snap it's mad white people here like all the way up through high school it, he was not the minority whereas me growing up in Montclair Again, diverse, but I was still the minority and there were still a lot of racist people, whether it was teachers or students or whatever. So like, yes, that is a real thing. Like it happens all the time. My first black teacher was a gym teacher in my elementary school who played follow me every single day from free wow. <laughs> But that was it. Like there was no one else until I got to like eighth grade. And so there are all I have experienced so many micro and macro aggressions that it's just like you raise a question to yourself like okay now regardless of that the three of us we all end up in the same place professional women have careers married now we have kids do we send our children to all black schools so that they grow up with the confidence that you guys had feeling like the majority and understanding who you are before you enter the world or do we put them in a situation where they're in a mixed environment where they have better curriculum or more uh, you know advances if you will in terms of education because we want them to have quote unquote the best i don't know and that is something that i keep going back and forth on like what exactly does the best look like Mm. What's the definition of best? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Right. I don't know either. Does it exist? <laughs> but does it exist? I mean, Maybe it has to be some right standard, right? Um, hmm. But I think that could be a whole um, another episode, definitely, on yeah. education. But, yeah. One quick question, though, before, um, I guess, before we end, one thing that I didn't expect was necessarily a response from white people or corporations or anything. Um, Like, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect it. Um, And then, you know. Wait, pause. What do you mean? Like. Like well, uh, these companies with their commercials now, or like the stuff you'd be like, we stand yeah. with you, we stand in solidarity with our black community. Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter on their websites, or mm-hmm. you know, did such and such company send out a um, a statement in regards to the current events and in regards to you know the current atmosphere and everything, mm-hmm. and. Once again, I just, you know, that had, that had never come to my mind. And and um, and I was just like, oh, wow. Or and or and you guys can choose to answer whichever you want. Um, has anyone I guess, Miriam, it would be no for you since you work with all black people or mostly black people. Had mm. has anyone come to you and, and say, is there anything that I can do? Mm, that's interesting. You know, has any white person said that to you? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so no one has said that to me but again I I don't expect it you know what I mean I didn't expect all of these statements I definitely I didn't, didn't expect, I just didn't expect it and but you know and and hearing other people and I guess you know other people around me other people on social media they're like 
shame on you corporations for not designing the third. And again, because I didn't expect it, I didn't like, I was just like, oh, okay. So now that it's here, that makes you, that that's encouraging to you or because that could go either way, right? Because again, mm -hmm. when I'm looking at lots of different commentaries, some are like, you know, it's about time. I don't know, Nike says something, although, you know, they've been working with Kaepernick for a long time on this. Or, um, you know, it's about time, oh, Starbucks put out a statement yesterday or this and the other put out a statement yesterday. But then on the flip side, you can be like, oh, they're just trying to placate. Oh, they're just trying to, you know, mm -hmm. they're just trying to, uh, I guess, quell the fire of these riots now because it's going to be back right. to business as usual in another two months or, you know, when quarantine is lifted 100 percent. So that's that's the interesting thing, too. But I'll be honest, I was just like you when it first started. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is, mm -hmm. great, you know, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. I think that's a part of why I feel like maybe this is different. And, okay. the, you know, just having like yes, I hope and faith, like, you know, again, we're talking about our Christianity and just being able to say, like, I think what what prompted it was the rage and the fury and the protest being so massive it was almost like well where do you stand and you like once start once companies started taking the stand it was like well we should say something too and so i don't feel like everyone's truly authentic in their right. reasoning for doing it right um but regardless of that if you put right. in things in place that and processes in place that are going to help us and, you know, continue this cause, which I think, you know, the genuine ones are, they're going beyond just the statement. I'm like, I'll take it either way. You're welcome. It yeah. 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 It's like, it, it may not be genuine, but I'll take it either way. And where I'll give you an example of, of one person I heard about, quote unquote, where at her company, they asked her basically, what would, what should we do? Mm. So which her response was, I'm trying to navigate through the fear of my husband, my sons, my brothers, and everything else that's happening around me. I don't have time to answer for your corporate board what you should be doing for the Black community. But mm -hmm. on the flip side, here are some examples for you. And so they took that very seriously or whatever. But then there was another employee at her job where she, she was just like, okay, great. Y'all made a statement, uh, but that's not enough. And so like before y'all made the statement, I wasn't expecting you to make one, but now that you have, I absolutely expect you to do more than that. And so it's almost like we didn't expect nothing, but now that you're starting to tiptoe out there, like do it for real, like don't do it halfway, be all in. And so I think there's that awakening even amongst corporations and corporate people like of color that are like, well, we didn't expect it, but you damn right, you should have been doing it. Like, why are you just now getting here? So let's right. just keep this momentum. And that's what I feel like it is, this momentum. And we have to continue to push it forward and not let that message get lost with people who are rioting and burning down buildings, like just to do it because they, they're out of work or they're, they're just, that's what they're doing. Like I personally have separated the two in my mind, like protesting and rioting. Yeah. Like maybe it's the same motivation. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I can't see like people robbing a footlocker talking about like i'm doing this because black lives matter like no mm -hmm. that's not what your motivation was mm -hmm. so but i do feel like initially the corporate response was because of all of the night nationwide protests and rioting that was going on yeah the worldwide right 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 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. So I think we should continue this conversation, maybe a part two as things continue to develop and progress. Um, you know, obviously this is top of mind for all of us and we're continuing to try to be our best selves in our daily lives and our families on our jobs. Um, and so we're just talking it through just like we hope that you guys are. Um, right. And please, you know, leave us messages or questions if you want to kind of continue to dialogue with us. But just know that we don't have it all figured out, but we definitely are going to continue to support each other through this um, and just continue to move forward. Yeah. And let's just remember to be kind to ourselves, allow us the space to do whatever, whether it is to be in that bathroom and sob, whether it is, you know, um, to grieve or to be sad or even to be angry or to be mm -hmm. upset. Uh, thank God we do have, you know, supportive family, supportive spouses that can support us through those moments. But if you do need to take a moment for yourself to do that, uh, by all means, do so. This is trauma. Trauma right. 101. This is yeah. trauma. It is here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, you will hear from us soon. And remember that um, you could always find us on Instagram at Mama Said So Podcast. Um, you can also find us on Facebook under the same name. And you can email us um, at uh, mama said so podcast at gmail.com we're always 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 wanting to hear from you um and um get your feedback so again thank you for joining us we hope that you are having um as good of a day as you can um and that you are um keep on keeping on uh in these times have a good one bye bye